Welcome to I and Invest in Yourself. This podcast is designed to guide you through the exciting world of stock market investing. I am your host, Prince, or the dot Prince Charming on Instagram. And whether you are a complete beginner or have dabbled in the stock market before, this podcast will be tailored just for you. Hey guys, and thank you for listening. Um, this week is going to be slightly different. I'm going to talk about topics that I think not a lot of people fully understand how they work. And I'm going to do my part in trying to help explain those things to the best of my ability. The first topic we're going to discuss is something that we probably look at and use every day, but don't fully understand how it works. It's also something that we deposit money into bi-weekly or monthly. And yes, I am talking about banks. So today we're going to talk about how banks work. It's a very fascinating industry that, man, I just think a lot of people don't understand how it works. And I'm going to get into that. We're also going to talk about inflation and what the Fed is currently doing to try to bring that down. Let's get into it. Without further ado, let's disclaimer this. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or investment advice. The content discussed is based on my personal opinions, research, and analysis. Investing in stocks and other financial institutions involves risk, and listeners should do their own due diligence before making any investment decisions It is important to consult a qualified financial advisor or professional before implementing any investment strategies mentioned in this podcast. The podcast host and guests are not responsible for any investment losses, damages, or actions taken based on the information provided in this podcast. Please be aware that past performance is not always indicative of future results. Listeners are urged to invest at their own discretion and risk. So let's get into it. What exactly is a bank and how does it work? The primary function for a bank is to do something that we, like I said before, we as employees of companies, we do, you know, biweekly, weekly, or monthly. And that primary function that the bank serves is accepting deposits. So banks don't just accept deposits from us, the individuals, but they also accept deposits from businesses as well. So they accept these deposits, but I think one thing that we don't fully realize that they're doing with this money is they are in turn loaning this money out to other customers, businesses, and making money off the money we actually deposit. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people know that. So, the money you deposit into your bank account weekly, biweekly, monthly is in turn being used as a loan to other customers with an interest rate 
and the bank makes money through the profit of that interest rate. So let's just say, for instance, and this is really on the super high scale, that you have a savings checking account that draws 1% interest per month for the amount of money you put in. They're going to, in turn, loan that money out at a 5 6 7% interest rate and make the difference. So it's kind of funny, man. They're, they're literally like, how can I explain this? They're, they're, they're making $1, $2 in a way because they take your $1,000. You're still spending on that $1,000, and they're also loaning out that exact same amount of money to another customer. Now, just in full disclosure, there is a reserve limit that the federal government government puts on these banks. So there is a reserve that the bank must have this amount of money per end of day every day. So and that money is used to, you know, you're still making transactions, you're still withdrawing money. So there is a reserve amount that must be kept per every institution. So they aren't learn, loaning out your entire sum of money, but they're loaning out over 50% of it. So again, banks accept deposits from us and in turn loan this money out through a loan or credit products. So credit products can include personal loans, mortgages, auto loans, credit cards, lines of credits. When customers need financial assistance, they can apply for these type of loans. And if they are approved, the banks provide them with the funds they need, like I said, with that interest rate. But this money is actually our money that they are lending out. So uh, I just find that fascinating. I don't think a lot of people understand that that's how your money is actually being used to make money by these banks. So... Just wanted to explain that to you guys about how exactly the banking system works. Now, there are some benefits to it as well, being a customer of the bank and putting your money in there. I do think it's a relatively safe place to have your money. The government does back every account. The FDIC, you know, uh, no matter what happens, you're always covered for up to 250K. For the you know, majority of customers that is going to be fine, but uh, you know, that could become a problem if you're you got a lot of money in one bank account, and that's why you see a lot of people that have that much capital have their money in various different banks just to make sure they're covered um, by the government in case there's a run on the banks or anything of that nature. But there are some good things about the banks. Um, I think one of the things that banks do is help us manage accounts. They ensure that our deposits, withdrawals, transactions are processed accurately. They provide account holders with tools such as debit cards, online banking services, and this allows us to access and manage our funds conveniently. Banks also provide financial advice and services. You know, banks have financial advisors that can provide guidance on various different financial matters such as budgeting, retirement accounts, 
or creating an investment strategy. Um, they also offer, you know, insurance products such as life insurance and annuities. Banks offer also uh, offer foreign exchange services. A lot of banks offer foreign exchange services, allowing customers to exchange currencies for international travel, travel or business purposes. They also allow us to do things electronically. You know, most banks are electronic at this point, including, like I said before, you know, an online presence or a mobile banking sitter. This enables us to have access to our accounts, make transactions, and manage our financials remotely. You know, before we used to have to either call the bank or go into the bank. And now things are handled on a more of a digital footprint. So I mentioned the FDIC, which kind of helps regulate, and the Fed helps regulate as well. So there is regulation on banks. There is an oversight by the government to ensure the safety and stability of the banking system and also to protect our interests. So, you know, um, wanted to got, let you guys know exactly what a bank is. Um, I hope I explained that well, but they do provide a essential financial responsibility to individuals, small businesses, you know, like I said, they facilitate savings, credit, and investment activities. And just want to talk about that. So the bank does increase the money supply in the economy. Again, banks do generate income and create profitability on us putting our money in the in the banks and then them and then them loaning it out at a higher rate and it also helps connect borrow borrowers with creditors and the creditors are in terms us as the consumer so let's talk about that was kind of some of the good things about a bank let's talk about some of the bad things that banks do in this current system so I mentioned earlier that banks are required to have a certain amount of reserve on hand at the end of every business day. The type of banking system we have right now is called a fractional reserve banking, which is basically they have to have a certain percentage of money on hand versus what they have in deposits. So there is a lapse in that, meaning that on any given day, the amount of money deposited into a bank or in the bank. So like if we take every, let's just use Wells Fargo for example. If we take the entire sum of every account in Wells Fargo account, everybody's money that's in Wells Fargo, let's just say that's, I don't know, some crazy number, $10 trillion dollars. Wells Fargo, at any given time, does not have $10 trillion. So if everybody went to the bank and tried to withdraw their money, Wells Fargo would be in trouble because a lot of that money is loaned out to other customers through lines of credit, credit cards, or loans. So 
the bad thing about our current system with this fractional reserve banking um, that we have is that is if there's ever a run on the banks, which means people are just are just withdrawing their money all at the same time, that becomes an issue. Um, I don't know if you guys are, you know, I've been paying attention to what happened with the um, SBV, the um, bank that just went under, um, and J.P. Morgan kind of bought the debt from it. But that's exactly what happened. They were doing, they were getting a little bit more risky with what they were doing and caused them to go insolvent. Customers found out and started withdrawing their money and they didn't have enough in reserves, which then put them in trouble with the government. Government seized their assets and demanded that they sell. And like I said, JP Morgan took over their uh took over their bank basically they bought them out Silicon Valley Bank SVB Their customers made a run on them and pretty much made them insolvent and caused the federal government to step in, demanded that they sell their assets and debts. J.P. Morgan bought them from under them, bought, out, bought the company out from under them, and SBV is no longer in business. So the thing that uh, Silicon Valley... Valley Bank was doing that kind of caused them to become insolvent is that they were doing something that hopefully not a lot of banks are doing, but they were taking their customers' money, money and investing it in highly risky trades in a way to increase profit and money going into the company, but those investments were going negative. So they were taking customers' money, money and actually losing it um, and caused them to go insolvent. They probably would have been safe with just the help of other banks. Banks tend to help out each other through this exchanging money at different levels of percent. But people found out this bank was doing this and all their customers said, hold up, I'm only insured to 250K. Let me withdraw all my money and pretty much forced the government's hand. So uh, hopefully I explained that well. But um, like I said, I think the banks do a good job of having a semi-safe place for money, for, to, for us to put our money. But at the same time, I do think it's like a very... Like if I didn't trade stocks, I would want to own a bank because I feel like it's just a very simple business to run and make like just imagine like people giving you money you writing loans against their money and you just making the percent in between like it doesn't even require you to have any capital like you're literally making money off of other people fantastic business model 
But yeah, that's exactly how banks work. So let's get into the second topic I want to discuss, which is inflation. As you guys know, inflation is running rapid right now. Finally starting to stabilize. Uh, if you're looking at, you know, CPI, PPI, um, what the Fed is saying. But uh, it's been crazy over the last two years. And a lot of it was caused by the government itself. So what exactly is inflation first? Let's get into that. So the definition of inflation is the rate of increase in prices of goods and services over a period of time. This is usually um, this is usually monitored monthly, and to get the inflation percentage, they usually look at it year over year, month to month. What I mean by that, they'll compare January 2023 to January 2022 and take the difference in those prices and give you a percent increase of that good. Let's just say milk. They'll look at the price of milk in January 2022 and compare it to the price of milk in January 2023 and give us a percentage of increase between those two time periods. So inflation is designed to look at a basket of goods that we typically, as a consumer, consume monthly. So keep that in mind. It's only really looking at a basket of goods and services that we typically would consume uh, monthly. So there are two types of inflation. Demand pull inflation and cost push inflation. Cost push inflation occurs when businesses expenses increase and they push these prices, price increases to the consumer. This happened a lot during COVID. So again, the prices of the inputs and raw materials go up over time. You know, there are supply chain bottlenecks. There may be a rise in shipping costs, a rise in raw material costs, could even be labor shortages. And this is something we all experienced during COVID. And it leads to basically a higher cost. So that is cost push inflation. And the second type again is demand pull inflation. Demand Pull inflation occurs when the demand of a good and services outpaces supply. This also happened during COVID. It tends to happen when the economy is going good, um, when the economy is at full capacity, because then we as consumers feel we have more disposable income to spend. Therefore, there is a greater demand of goods and services. And if these companies are already operating at full capacity, they are unable to account for the increase of supply to meet the demand. So this is interesting. I was talking to my friend about this um, maybe a year ago. Um, I think COVID, one thing COVID did is 
I hope it was a um, eye-opening experience to custom, not to customers, but to businesses because businesses were running at a clip just good enough for our economy. What I mean by that is businesses were basically making, they were matching supply with demand. And you may think that's a good thing, but when, you know, unprecedented events happen such as COVID forces us to stop working, supply went down, but demand did nothing. So what happened was prices rose um, of those goods and services because there was a more of a demand for those services than there were a supply. Only way you can, you know, stop that from happening is to raise the prices of things. So that's why COVID kind of affected us so bad in a cost push because shipping rates went up, raw materials went up, and a demand pull, you know, the government stimulated the economy by giving us free money and telling us to go spend it to help these business and businesses out and to keep the economy, you know, growing and and all that. In the moment, that was a good thing, but what that created was a demand shortage based on the amount that we were supplying. Because we were not working, we were not continuing to make these goods. Yeah, COVID caused a lot of this, but um, now the government is trying to push down inflation. So one way I think uh, I like how somebody explained inflation is imagine somebody going in an empty room and dropping a bag of money in the middle of the floor and it just sits there. Now, if nobody knew this bag of money was there, it doesn't add to inflation. Now, if somebody knew that this money was there, you told a room of people like, hey, there's a bag of money there, people are going to run and start getting that money and spending it immediately, which is inflationary. And that's exactly what the government did when they started giving us stimulus checks. So just wanted to put that out there. I think one thing that people misunderstand about inflation, the government isn't really trying to bring down the price of said good. Let's just use milk because that's an example I used earlier. Um, I don't buy milk myself, so I don't even know how much it is, but let's just say it's $4. The government isn't trying to make the price of milk three fifty again by doing everything they're doing. They are just trying to stop it from rising at such a fast clip. Economy, economists usually say that 2% interest over the course of a year is usually the rate you want inflation to be. So on average, economy that's running good, the federal government puts a 2% clip on how fast things should be raising year over year. And during COVID, it was way more than that. You know, we had 10, 20, 30% on some things over the course of a year. And that's why the government came in and tried to start 
taming inflation. So how does the government tame inflation? Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys were either slightly paying attention to what the government is doing right now. You know, um, Fed Chair Powell has been constantly increasing interest rates. And that is one of the main ways to tame inflation. So again, um, Fed Chair Powell has been increasing interest rates through adjustments. Um, I think he has done it five or six times this year. Um, I think we're currently at like 5% interest rate versus, you know, during COVID, we were basically running at a clip of 0% interest rate, which basically mean meant that money was free of interest. So you could go, businesses were basically borrowing money for a dollar on a dollar and having to return just a dollar back. So uh, now things are a little bit different. Um, and this is one way that the Fed tries to bring down interest rates. Uh, so again, interest rate adjustments. So that's one of the primary tools that the Fed uses to target Fed fund rate, which is the target Fed fund rate. It influences the short-term interest rate by raising interest rates. Borrowing money becomes more expensive. It leads to a reduced consumer spending and business investments. And this is one way to lower inflation because businesses have to become smarter. We as consumers have to become smarter with our dollar. Our dollar isn't going as far. We have to be um, more cognizant of that and spend less money. We, in turn, spend money on the important things and don't spend money on the less important discretionary things. We stop spending money on that. And that is one way that the government deems it's possible to bring down inflation because, you know, we're not just out here buying stuff because we are a little bit more cautious with our dollar you know, loans are harder to get. Loans are at higher interest rates. And it just really, like, brings down inflation because the demand, you know, everything is based on supply and demand. The demand of products become less. Supplies rising. And they start to, you know, equal out. Yeah, so Fed, you know, they do the interest rates adjustments. They also... do something called quantitative easing. Only usually in extreme cases, and this was an extreme case, quantitative easing involves buying longer-term securities to increase the money, the money supply to help stimulate economic growth. It's typically used during, like I said, severe economic downturns, but can also have applications for inflation if it's not carefully managed. But yeah, it's important to note that the Fed's approach to controlling inflation may vary depending on the prevailing economic conditions. Specific inflationary pressures, pressures are forced by the economy. The goal, basically, though, is to strike the balance between 
promoting stable prices and fostering sustainable sustainable uh, economic growth. So I want to do something different with this podcast. If you are still listening, just wanted to let you know I appreciate you. As I said in my last podcast, this process has been amazing. The support has been amazing. And I just want to let you know I appreciate you guys. So the first two people that messaged me on Instagram that they heard this part of the message, I am going to send $50 of stock of their choice. Um, The first two people, I am going to put some stipulations on this. You must be following me on Instagram and threads. And uh, you must be subscribe to my podcast on whatever um, podcast platform you are. So please send me a uh, screenshot of you being uh, subscribed to it or following it. And I will send you uh, $50 in stock of your choice. And if you want suggestions, I'll also make that too. So again, thank you for listening. Those two lucky winners will be announced. Actually, no, I'm not going to announce it. I'm going to just do it. So whoever those two people are, congratulations in advance. Now let's get back to the message. I kind of talked about this, but don't feel like I fully elaborated on what it means. So again, right now, the chair pile, federal government, central banks are raising interest rate through adjustments. So... The things that do to bring down inflation, you know, it reduces the borrowing and spending. Um, So when the central bank raises interest rates, borrowing becomes more expensive for business and consumers. Higher interest rates on loans and credit cards discourage borrowing and spending, leading to a decrease in demand for goods and services. It reduces demand and can help alleviate inflationary pressures since fewer people are competing for the same goods and services. It also curbs investment. Higher interest rates can discourage business investments. When businesses are faced with higher borrowing costs, they may delay or scale back their expansion plans or capital investments. The decrease in investment can lead to a slowdown in the economic activity Subsequently, lower demand driven by inflation. I want to stop here. I feel like if you guys have noticed, a lot of the more growthier companies, you know, one company I have in my portfolio that I love but has been killed by this uh, Fed rate hikes is SoFi. SoFi is a bank and that's kind of what we've been talking about this entire um, podcast but they are a fintech bank so it's very different but so far I think is a great business but the thing about so far they're still in the beginning stages of their business but the main reason their stock price went from you know upper 20s 
to as low as $4 a share over the course of this uh, taming inflation by Powell is because they make no money and they are so young in their business, they don't have a profit. So they are in turn have a great business but are making no money. No money is going back to the shareholders. They are just borrowing to grow, which is good. But right now, money is expensive. It's expensive for them to take on loans. Loans are basically eating their profit because the percent they're paying on the money they're using to grow. And it's also stifled growth because they aren't receiving as much money as they probably need to grow at the rate that they want to grow. So that's why you saw that price price of SoFi and these uh, companies that don't make money right now but have great businesses drop when these Fed interest rates uh, hikes went into effect. So I just wanted to explain that. You know, a lot of people didn't realize, like, why do you see, like, companies like, I mean, even like a, uh, I can't think of another company off the top of my head, but uh, SoFi. Any startup company you probably saw, you know, from COVID, you know, that stock price peaking to now starting to come back up. But it took a, a lot of these companies were down 50, 60, 70, 90 percent. And it was all because of this. Fed interest hike that calls those companies that are not profitable yet, but you know, some had great businesses, but just not profitable. It just became more expensive for them to receive money and just eats into their profits and makes them, it makes the process of them making money go longer term, which causes the stock price to fall. So just wanted to um, go over that with you guys. You know, the Fed raising interest rates reduces borrowing power and spending. It curbs investment. Um, it also has impact on the housing market. And the housing market is still booming. But with higher interest rates, it does lead to higher mortgage rates, making home ownership less affordable. It doesn't seem to be... Uh, working as well as probably Fed chair wants because people are still out here buying houses, you know, at 7% interest rates, which I personally think is crazy, but um, people are doing it. Them raising interest rates is supposed to lead to a, to lead to house, house ownership being less affordable. And I guess it isn't, it is doing that, but people are still doing it. So they're trying to create a reduced demand for houses to damping the housing market, which is also a, an essential component to the overall economic economy. And as a result, you know, housing related costs such as rent, property prices can stabilize or decrease, contributing to a lower inflation. And if you guys are paying attention, this is probably one of the only factors within that CPI PPI index that has not dropped to a rate that the government may be happy about. So it also has currency effects. You know, raising interest rates can make 
a country's currency more attractive to foreign investors, leading to an appreciation in currency value. A stronger currency can make imports cheaper, reducing the cost of imported goods and potentially putting a downward pressure on domestic prices. It also gives expectations and long-term planning. What I mean by that, interest rate adjustments can signal the central bank's commitment to control inflation. Like I said before, you know, borrowing costs rises and businesses and consumers expect lower inflation rates. These expectations can influence wage demands, pricing decisions, and long-term planning, potentially moderating inflationary pressures because we know it's coming and we in turn make that connection in our head and are more cognizant of that basically breaking down inflation just because we know they're trying to tame it at the same time. So yeah, um, I hope I did a good job explaining, you know, what inflation is, what the government's trying to do to curtail it, and I think it's working pretty effectively right now. Like I said, the one distinction I want to make sure you guys are realizing is the government, the Fed, Chair Powell is not trying to necessarily bring down the price of a good he is just trying to slow the rate of it increasing. So that is a common misconception of inflation and what the government is trying to do. Like I said, they're only trying to slow down the rate in which it's increasing, not necessarily decrease the price of it. So thank you guys for listening. This is Anwa. Invest in yourself until next time. Thanks.